Good morning. It's 9 o'clock. Love Talk is up next here on The Word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, The Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I and hear this program on our audio portion of the website, which is Love Talk Network, and you can catch some of of Evelyn's great blogs up there. Good morning. In the studio is First Lady of Love. I still need a drum roll and applause. (laughs) You always make me feel so good. I feel like, boy, you know, it is so exciting just to be here and to mm, have an opportunity to talk about the wonderful things that God is doing. You mentioned uh, that we're on the web. Uh, This, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was now, time's just going too fast, Cindy. (laughs) You know, we've got... You know, Einstein says time is not the same for all of us. You know that. They say... Some of us experience time one way and others, and for you and I... It's not creeping by. It's a whizzing by. <laughs> well, it's a fire truck on fire going to a fire. Um, had a friend call that I've not heard from in probably four or five years. And she called because she um, had um, gotten something that uh, had the website on it for oh. Love Talk Network. And she got my cell number. Uh, I don't know how she did that, but anyway. And she was so excited about the series that we, we had been working on. And she has listened to it. She said, I'm li- I can't listen on Saturday. But she said, I, since you all have got it up there, she said, I don't get to hear all of it. And then I had another girl that I got um, a message from with Facebook that was in my small group for class probably 25 years ago. And she Googled, found me on, on, you know, on the web, and started listening to us. And Cindy, this young woman um, threatened to commit suicide one day in a hotel where we were staying. And just had no hope in her life at all. And she, re- she was not a Christian. She came to a conference we were doing. And her life so drastically changed that she is she doesn't even look the same now. So when we talk about this word here at KLGO going out worldwide on the web, it's digging up people we didn't even know still live and bringing back some of those experiences that years ago were part of our planting in serving the Lord Jesus in fields where he's placed us. And that's why when time goes so fast, we forget it. We forget what happened, you know, back 30 years ago. Or we forget people. But you know what? God does not forget. And that the last time we, uh, last week when we were talking about how it is that we write our blessings in stone and our, our disappointments or our neglect in sand so that, you know, as the winds of time come and blow them away, that the blessings stand forever. And that's where it is so important or it is so exciting 
for us to be here on Saturdays so that we can talk about some of these things that we've seen God do. And and especially as we are moving from that promised one to the present one, we're moving from that time of King David when he looked forward to the promised one. And we are in a position in our life where we look back on the promised one, those of us that are, you know, Christians, those that are not Christians are looking forward to the promised one, but that we live in the presence of the presence one. Oh, Ellen, we are moving into um, the season of life where uh, it seems like the stars are a little bit brighter, brighter, the nights are a little bit crisper, and if we can uh, keep ourselves from getting caught up in the culture of Christmas, and if we can keep our feet grounded in the quiet and of of Christmas, mm-hmm. and where our hearts are grounded with God, the possibilities of the depth and the greatness of what God has done are unfathomable. You are exactly right. We first uh, entered into a dialogue in a series called The Promised One last year, and we are currently talking about the present one, and you said that so well. For although we are looking at the scripture at our First Chronicles 16 and 8, for David, mm-hmm. he is the foretelling in in some ways, a very human prototype, but of the lineage of the present one. And he lives towards the promised one. And so you, you did a beautiful job. But even as we're talking about the uh, the present one, and we've been talking about the Alleluia life, the life God intended. We've been talking about Thanksgiving and not just in terms of a holiday, mm-hmm. but thanksgiving, how we live toward the promises, the eternal promises, or the abiding presence of God. If, in fact, we've grabbed hold of the foundational truth of Christianity that uh, is, is told in Christmas so beautifully, that God is Emmanuel, God is with us, then we have everything to live into thanksgiving. We have all thanksgiving and all of our living to do in thankfulness. But then, you know, Evelyn, um, not everybody is in that place. That's right. Not even those who have professed Christ as their Savior necessarily are living in that presence of God. Many people, both those who do not know him and those who have yet to have an encounter with the presence of God, many believe that they are separated from God. Mm -hmm. Some who professed in Jesus Christ in error believe that they are separated from God. Maybe they haven't done enough. Maybe they haven't confessed enough. Maybe they're not perfect enough. Maybe. A whole lot of maybes. And there are those who out there who are just hoping for more, who are thinking that there's got to be more to this story, that long to be a part of the conversation of a bigger Mm. story. And so we're moving into a season where we're going to be talking about the history of Christmas, not from facts and dates and figures, but his story, the true leader 
of Christmas. But we first, before doing that, we need to catch back up with David as he stands with the people of Israel who are carving in stone the memories of the provision and the purpose and the promises of God and letting the sands of Egypt blow away. Cindy, that is so true because uh, the scriptures tell us very specifically that David, in spite of all of his weaknesses, all of his imperfections, all of the bad mistakes, and the, and the sins, the horrible sins that he committed, that God loved him and God had a plan for his life. And that plan included the bloodline for Jesus Christ. The, the lineage of David was to be the one that God used to fulfill that promise that he made uh, in the Old Covenant, that he made with Abraham, that he renewed with David. And as we move into this Christmas season, Cindy, it is so important for us to major on what our icons are in life. Under Old Covenant with David, it was the Ark of the Covenant. And it represented the power and the presence of God. It had three basic things in it, which were by themselves nothing, but represented the wonder and the miracle of God. As we move into looking at how God raised up leaders and used Mary and Joseph, who were almost lone rangers as they made their journey from where they were to where was determined that the Savior would be born, with little evidence that they had even a support system in doing that. How it is that God can raise up a leader like David to prepare a nation for the coming fulfillment of being the promised one to a young couple who had very little support system to completely believe God for being the special people to inaugurate the new covenant into a lifestyle that would make a difference in regard to salvation. We look at the icon of the Old Testament, which was the Ark of the Covenant. We look at the icon for the new covenant, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. Then there is a wide span of time, Cindy, that that transpires between that. Actually, between the Old Covenant and the coming of, of the new covenant in Jesus Christ, there was probably 400 years of people that were waiting and watching because they knew what some of the signs were supposed to be. But because they lost that connection and that the ability that they had to stop what they were doing and trust God and follow him and listen to him, if they went through a long, long period of waiting in the waiting room of life, the waiting room of love, the waiting room of grace, the waiting room of mercy. As we have walked through some of these statues, some of these promised things that God promised that would happen as a result of David coming forth and establishing in, again, a day of worship and celebration when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back into the temple or back into the tabernacle. You know, Evelyn, um, we are so like those people in so many ways. What I appreciate about David is even though he he knew that he would not 
lived to see the promised one. He believed the promises of God, every word out of God's mouth. He lived towards those promises. He established the groundwork that you and I have reaped the benefits from. Those who, who in our lineage, who've gone before us, who, who take that foothold of truth and grab hold of it. You know, it is easy for us to get stopped in the things of life. It is easy to take a wrong turn. There was a whole nation who not once, but twice, took a huge wrong turn. The one generation taking such a wrong turn that they perished in mm-hmm. the desert. Mm-hmm. Another that uh, they stopped and wondered if all the promises of God were true. And sure enough, in that silence, many of them missed the signposts, just like you and I can in life. Cindy, the Lord does give us signs to follow. I mean, he says that even in the season we're living now, that there are things that are going to usher in his kingdom. But, you know, we're like a little old lady that one day was uh, driving, going to her sister's, and um, she came to us to a, a a traffic light, and the traffic light was green, and it was green three, four times, three, four times, and she just kept sitting there. Well, finally, the traffic backed up behind her so far back that a policeman came to see what was going on, and so he came up to her and had her roll down the window, and he he asked, and she was elderly, and he asked her why she was stopped when the light was green and not going through the green light, and she said, well, uh, that's not the way I want to go. said, I want to go this way. And she pointed uh, to her right. And uh, the motorcycle cop said to her, said, well, go ahead. The light is green. She said, I can't do that. And he said, why? He said, well, because the sign under that light says, right turn on red. Now, in her mind, she didn't understand the directions that she was to follow to get to where she wanted to go. And so often in life, Cindy, we are like that. We go through life like this little lady, not knowing uh, which way to turn. Uh, The best turning signal for us, as we know it today, is what we call ground zero. It's Calvary. And it's there that Jesus met our need. He gave us a new life and paid for it in full. And he didn't do that just to present us with a gift that we could, you know, we've earned or that we've paid for. He wrapped it in red and he sealed it with love and it's free. And that's what Christmas is, Cindy. That's what it is to you. That is what it is to me. That's what it is here at KLGO. We're talking about red and green lights. This is Love Talk on the Word. This is Cindy Bonna, love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5, information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. And also, hoping you'll catch up with Evelyn and I on lovetalknetwork.com, where you can pick up the audio portion of this program and catch up with us on our blogs. 
Evelyn, we were on our first break, and we're talking about this transition. We've been uh, we first talked about Thanksgiving, and now we're moving into the the Christmas season, and we're and we're introducing um, within the present one uh, the life of of a love leader, and we and we're talking first about about David, but you did such a fabulous job of setting up that transition between the promised one, and of course, this is what David was hanging on to, all of the prophecies, I mean, as the king of of the nation of Israel, it was his job, basically, to lead a nation in the way the principles that God had laid out, the promises that had been spoken to the Mm -hmm. patriarchs. Um, the plans and purposes of God that had been laid out to his father and to his forefathers. And so, uh, for sure, David is a man of promise. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one who who's continues to say to the, the children of God, we're living towards this. We live now, but we're living towards this. It's not all about now. It's yes. about where we're going. And so, so much of what we're going to be talking about in leadership is how do you live in the moment with the present one, but live towards the fulfillment of the promises and the plans and the purposes of God knowing that it all comes not from guesswork or mysticism or reading the the tea leaves in the bottom of a cup, but it comes from the abiding presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us, and, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll continue to bring that home and again and again. But before we go too far into that, let's talk about some of those uh, pillars of leadership that David embodied at, at this time when First Chronicles 16 and 8 is written, where he, that is so similar to the same principles and pillars in Christ Jesus' life. And these are ones that are going to be true for every leader, no matter what age, mm-hmm. what time you're born in, what the circumstances you're facing, and what the age brings, but here they are. One, leaders live for God to be glorified. Well, that is something today, Cindy, that people um, have difficulty with. Uh, we don't see the glory of God in the same manner that David did when he was shepherd boy or that Elijah did uh, when he called fire down from heaven. I don't mean we don't see those. We don't understand some of those signs. And, you know, we talked earlier about reading the wrong sign or misinterpreting the wrong sign. When God is glorified is when we give him credit for all the goodness, for the salvation, for the life, for the creation. Instead of saying it came with a burst of fire or a burst of energy that, multiplied itself and turned into spores and made babies. Our world today does not understand the creation of God in the uh, the beginning of time. 
do not understand it in the creation of God in Jesus' time for Christmas time. We have so misinterpreted Christmas in this nation that it's no longer called Christmas. Just just recently, uh, a warning came out and asked us to boycott Walgreens because they have gone the way of, of culture today and calling it holidays and had no mention of Christmas at all. Um, we we need to be very careful about how we give glory to God. If you remember when the angels came to announce to the shepherds, what was their announcement? Today, today, today. And it is exciting when we think about how it is that we give glory to him, just as the shepherds did. But he has to be glorified. We can't take on all of the things that we do as things that we have accomplished in life. Evelyn, we talked a little bit about this in one of our previous programs as we are stepping through these seven principles of leadership for thanksgiving. Now, make no doubt about it, a cornerstone to leadership is thanksgiving, that you know what to be grateful for. Otherwise, you're easily disappointed, defeated, Mm -hmm. discouraged. But thanksgiving gives us the impetus for living. And we talked about glory in terms of that is part of our partnership with God. Now, we have to step through this carefully because it doesn't mean that we're going to receive the glory. It is this, that when we glorify God by seeking God and going into a deeper relationship, praising Him, giving Mm -hmm. uh, acknowledgement to Him, allegiance to Him, then that is where our worth comes from. That is where our value to God comes from, is from glorifying Him, where we live as His promise on earth Mm -hmm. on display, then we share in His glory. So you're exactly right. Now here's another principle for leadership that David definitely exhibited and also in the life of Christ Jesus and that is to God to be honored now David was glorif- was honoring God the Father mm-hmm. what did Jesus do he honored God the Father let's talk about honoring what it is to be a leader that is full of honor well, he's, if we go back to Chronicles where David had written this great hymn of praise and thanksgiving and remembrance, he says that we're singing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day, tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. And that's gods of stone. For all gods of people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So how is it that we're to honor him? We honor him, Cindy, when we praise him for the creation that he has made in our lives. We honor him when we live in a way that brings honor and glory to him so that people can tell by our love that we are Christians. That's what Mark said about the new first first Christians, the, the the first believers, first followers of Jesus. He he defined that and he said, How is the world going to know that you are a follower of Jesus 
you love the brethren. So when we love each other, and we love like Jesus loves, not like the superficial love that we have today, we honor the one who created us for the purpose for which he created us. You know, Evelyn, I can't help but notice that on these first two characteristics that we've introduced in in, uh, looking, closing this subject about uh, thanks living and beginning our conversation about leadership with regard to the present one, that these are other-oriented. You know, uh-huh. the leadership paradigm that we, we look at in this in this country, by and large, um, it is me-oriented. It is a leader at the center and the focus. But these are these are leaders that understand that it is not about ourselves being glorified. It is not about us receiving right. honor. They're they're generous leaders, more than willing to be accountable to something higher and greater than mm-hmm. themselves, a greater good, a greater end than themselves. Both of these. Now, Jesus Christ, I'm speaking in this terms of. In, in, in the incarnate life, the everyday human life, and David, uh, not his deity, both of them sacrificing themselves for a longer-term plan, mm-hmm. a longer, greater good, a longer, lasting, eternal perspective. And how did they do that? Because they put God at the center, and they called upon God for their every. Well, Cindy, that's called experiencing God. Now, we, you know, we are to remember the story of how he, in that suddenness of the garden, when Adam and Eve just deliberately disobeyed him, we are to remember that every day in our life we do that to some extent. We're to remember how he called Abraham out of the far country and said to him, Abraham, if you'll follow me, follow my directions, honor me, give me glory, then I will make you the father of a great nation. David, King David, became a king not because God, that was part of God's plan. It was because he gave Abraham the responsibility for becoming a leader that people could follow. And as he made the prophecy that King David would be the bloodline for Jesus, he fulfilled that. And David honored him by going out and getting the Ark of the Covenant, bringing it to the tabernacle. So when we think about honoring God, it has to be that we not only remember the things that he's done, but that daily we experience those in a way that people can see that he's real in our life. He is not a God of stone. We are in the studio today, and we're introducing our Christmas topic, and we're talking about uh, leadership and the signs along the way. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the biggest sign of all. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vanna, love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 99.3 and 98.5, information with inspiration, streaming live at klgo.net, and I would remind you that you can catch up with Evelyn and I 
on lovetalknetwork.com to hear the audio portion of this program and or to catch up on some of the blogs that have to do with what we're talking about. Uh, be sure and, and visit us and become our friend. Um, Evelyn, when we went out on our last break, we're trying to bridge this time between First Chronicles 16 and 8 under the principles of Thanksgiving where King David was pulling together the, the, the children of Israel as a nation and rejoicing in the presence of God. Now, of course, that was expressed completely different as these were generations before Mm -hmm. the culmination of the promise of God through Christ Jesus. At that point, um, you know, it was expressed as the Ark of the Covenant. Right. Then we have come in person, the Godhead through Christ Jesus. But nevertheless, the principles of God remain the same. And as we're going to be walking in the next coming weeks through the Christmas story in light of the character that God wants to build in you and I, those attributes of leadership that are found in Christianity alone as the means by which we come into a deeper more intimate relationship with God, we walk in the truth of God and in the ways of God. But here we find that something interesting is introduced way back when, when King David is standing there amongst his people. He remembers the biggest sign of all. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the signs along the way and the little old lady who had uh, stopped on green waiting for the light to turn red thinking that she could only turn on red. Now it is sometimes it is hard to read the signs of the time. You know and leaders one of the unique qualities of leaders is not that they have an ability that the rest of us don't but they look for those key mm-hmm. landmarks. And so King David in First Chronicles 16 and 8 talks about what that becomes the biggest sign of all. He talks about salvation. Mm-hmm. Now here we are with a man who knows little and has little experience with salvation. Now you and I can talk about salvation because we have the written word of God. Mm-hmm. We have the living testimony of history about Christ Jesus and all that has been written in the ancient scrolls. We have the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in you and I to confirm truth. But here is David, God's anointed one, who for almost certainly the, the Holy Spirit rested on periodically as in his life. But he adheres to the principles of truth. And he says this, proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Now, at that point, the salvation they were talking about was the salvation from their enemies of having come out from the bondage of, of Egypt and mm-hmm. Pharaoh, of having been delivered from 
kings who wanted to kill them and to destroy them, of having been exposed to the elements by day and by night. But Evelyn, the truth of the matter is, is it's not any different. That was his salvation then. Our salvation comes in the form of Christ Jesus, the person, the three-in-one, the Trinity, the Mm -hmm. Son of God, who comes to cover our exposure from sin. It comes to pay a debt that we cannot pay ourselves. Cindy, uh, in Hebrews, it talks about the heroes in the Hall of Faith. And it it says that um, uh, Abraham and even David uh, were saved, given salvation as they looked forward to the fulfillment of the promise of God. Um, we can get in a little bit of trouble in that if uh, if we say it's by the way they lived, uh, if it was the way they kept the law. Uh, it was not that. It was by grace of God that their salvation... They were justified by faith alone. Yes, as it came to them to believe God. And just as um, David honored God, he made him the center of his worship. And that's one, of, that's one of those things that a leader has to do is to make God the center of all being, of all creation. And when we look at that in, in, in relation to, to giving God glory and giving God honor, it means that that's, where you, that's your hitching post. That's where you live every day. For us as Christians, the center of our life comes because of salvation. But it comes not because Jesus was the promised one, but because he is the present one. And he continually forgives us day by day by day. Um, in, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we do this, there there is an if you then I will principle that runs through the scriptures. Uh, in Second Chronicles, it says, if my people will, then God says, if you will, then I will. I will do this. The thing that's most important for us as Christians today, living in the United States of America, is to make God the center of our universe. Make Jesus Christ, who is our salvation, who is our grace, who is our mercies we've talked about, the center of who we are, that we might so live that he would be made known to the strangers. He would be made known to the next-door neighbors. He may be known to the leaders of our nation. Um, These are the things that tell us what kind of leader David was. These are the things that tell us the kind of leader that we ought to be. And so we've got to make him the center. And the center only comes one way, and that's through salvation, through the paid price that Jesus paid at Calvary. The icon of the Old Testament, we said earlier, was the Ark of the Covenant. That's why, as David prepared the people for worship, he brought in something that would remind them of what God had done in their life. As we prepare for the Christmas season, we look at the creche, we look at the sable, we look at the animals, we teach that to our children. That is an icon of the promised one becoming present. 
And so as we look and as we work and walk through this season of thank, from Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving, as the very presence of the living God is resident in our, in our life because we have believed him and we've re- received him, then we're going to make him the center of our universe. Evelyn, it is startling to me sometimes when I think of the tendencies of life, you know, where we praise God for what he is doing now. Or we praise him for the immediacy of life. But in fact, when we're, when we're looking at this particular attribute of a leader in David's life, there are two things going on that we cannot forget that are foundational to a leader's life. And that mm-hmm. is, one, it is focused upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. And two, that salvation is daily the subject of mm-hmm. our praise. You know, it is that the, our praise is uh, contemporary in, in, in the sense of what are you going to do for me today, God? Mm-hmm. Let me present my Santa Claus list now, and <laughs> then I'll praise you. Yes. But we forget that when we want to enter into that place of glory, like was depicted out in the fields between the shepherds and the angels, mm-hmm. Or even that moment be between Abraham and God the Father. Or in all of the Psalms that David wrote. Because remember, David was a man with a heart after God. And he didn't just write this Psalm. This Psalm is actually a compilation mm-hmm. of many, many right. Psalms that he had written. Where he continually goes to God to remember him, to remember his salvation, and to praise him. And why is and and for us, what is the essence of that? Is that because in our case, salvation was made complete by Christ Jesus. So here we stand in this moment, recognizing that Jesus, the promised one who David is speaking of, the present one in our life, has completed the work of salvation. And so for us to move beyond that in the sense of our praise is to forget the great works of God. So when we look at giving thanks, we are doing this, Evelyn. We are looking at the difference between the crucified life Mm -hmm. and the resurrected life. We're going to come back and we're going to continue to talk about what that center sign to your life and my life is right after these messages. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. This is Cindy Vonna Love Talking at the Beautiful Blessed KLGO, the Word that is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net and encouraging you to catch up with Evelyn and I on lovetalknetwork.com. There you'll find our blogs and the audio portion of today's program and many, many other archived programs. If you've missed uh, one in the series, that's a great place to catch up with it. Evelyn, we're, we're transitioning um, in the, pre- the series we're in right now, in the present one, 
uh, from thanksgiving into thanksgiving. And doing that under uh, the banner of leadership. Because there are so many, many uh, odd paradigms of leaders out there. Uh, many self-serving. Mm-hmm. Um, many sh- uh, shortcuts to leadership. Um, the what's in it for me. Now, I, I do not mean to make that a blanket statement. But there was a time in uh, your life and my life when all a man had, or woman, oftentimes, literally, was their good name. You know, there were oftentimes people did not uh, leave a legacy of financial wealth to their children. They might leave land. You know, if you were lucky and then you you're blessed that you could continue to work to provide your livelihood. But money didn't flow in those days like it does now. You know, people didn't always have money in their pocket. They rarely had indebtedness. And they even more rarely had credit. <laughs> you know, And if you did have credit, it was often to your shame. You know, it was, it was something that was a, a, a shortfall. You know, we've lost sight of some of those things these days. And so we're going to we're not going to just be hearkening backwards, but we're going to be speaking forwards into the truth of what God has called us all to be through two major prototypes in the Bible. One King David who was living towards the promised one, and Christ Jesus who is the present one. Is was and always will be the present one. And so we had talked about that in terms of salvation, that if as a leader you move very far, we move very far away from the humility of knowing that we could never pay our own debt, that the Lord God Almighty, whom we were separated from, came to reconcile us to him once and for all and pay a debt that we could not. And so the words of our mouth need to be continually uttering forth the praises of God for salvation, which is true and complete. But there is another signpost in the life of a leader. And this one also has to do with humility. It also has to do with praise. But it has to do with the Lord himself. What is that? Well, it's majesty, Cindy. It's it's reigning in glory. And one of the things that David did so well in his growing up years is, is he tended the sheep. He would look into the sky and see the wonders of God and, and wrote lots of psalms and hymns uh, in that regard. Uh, one of the things he says is, Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations. Now, this he was saying, let all the nations know, may it be said under the nation that the Lord reigns, the Lord Jesus reigns. And really that's what Christmas is. It's when we put him in that place where we give him honor and glory and, and do it much like the shepherds did. But the other thing he says is let the heavens be glad, let the earth rejoice, and let them say among the nation the Lord does reign, let the sea roar. And all it contains, let the fields exalt and all that is in it. 
then, and this is one of my favorite, favorite psalms, then the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming again. The trees are going to sing, Cindy, when the fulfillment of this total plan that we've laid out, how God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm sending a Savior. I'm sending someone that will make it all right, that will complete my plan because I love you. And and the scriptures say God is love. So as David's life ran that course of just ups and downs in his life, of war and being uh, um, persecuted and misused, that runs true in our world today, Cindy. And a lot of these things have not changed. But the one thing that is constant and that will not change is his majesty has been established forever. And it will never be diminished. Evelyn, I had to stop here just for a moment because uh, when we decided we were going to go down this road and and do a word study through First Chronicles 16 and 8, you asked me about this ending verse. And I said, well, I haven't, I haven't read that part yet because <laughs> I was studying the first principles. Uh-huh. But I have a question for you. So... If the seas know how to roar and say the Lord reigns, if the fields exalt the Lord, and if the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, because what? For he is coming to judge the earth. Why is it that mankind is so constantly worried about the coming of Christ Jesus and the judgment of the earth? It's called signposts, Cindy. We talked about it when we came in about how you know, the little elderly lady came up to the to the uh, traffic light and she was confused about which way. She knew where she wanted to get to. She knew she didn't know how to get there. And that's the way our world is today. If you sat down and talked with uh, a young adult, say a 21-year-old today, and asked them, what is it that you want to do with the rest of your life? Nine out of ten, I say, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. When we grew up, you know, living from one uh, war ration coupon to the other, I didn't have an idea of what I want to do with the rest of my life either. Because I didn't have a signpost. You talked, we talked during this Thanksgiving season about the heritage that you had. In, in the Bibles that your whole family had, there was never a Bible in my home. So I didn't know what it was to look forward to the fulfillment of the promise of God until I was a teenager. But when, when, when we looked at this psalm, and I, and I remembered that even the trees uh, will sing uh, and be glad, the earth will rejoice. That's talking about a time that Jesus was coming as the promised one, but it also talks about the time when Jesus will return as the present one. So we don't know how to read the signs. In fact, Jesus taught a whole sermon about that. And he said, nobody's going to know when all of these things are going to happen except my Father. 
But he said, you're going to know enough to know how to read the signs. So we live in a world of, of great confusion today. Uh, every digital news story that comes across is about somebody that's done, done some terrible thing or a nation that's their stock's going down and they're going to go to default. These are the signs that most people are reading today and wondering, where's God? And, where's God? And then this is the antidote to that. Because if the trees and the seas who do not have vain imaginations are exalting the Lord and telling the truth that the Lord reigns, then how can we do any less, Evelyn? Because the truth of the matter is is that we praise God constantly for his truth. Mm-hmm. Not just for what he's done, not what he, for he's going to yet to do or yet or the things we've yet to see, but for the truth that he reigns. We offer up by our lips, by the fruit of our mouth, mm-hmm. the offering of praise to him. We worship him. In his holiness, because he's perfect, because he's just, and because he's acceptable. We also do this, Evelyn. We recognize that God in his sovereignty is to be both enjoyed and feared. Enjoyed and feared. That's kind of where we are in America, Cindy, and in our personal lives. But the one thing that we know and that we can hold insecurity is that Jesus Christ came and he is our deliverer. He is the present one in the good times and in the bad times. And so as we live our lives every day, we've got to live believing that blessing is ours because of who he is and why he came. And I'm sure we've got lots of people listening to us today. And you may be anywhere uh, in this whole region of where KLGO reaches, or you may be listening on the world uh, on the web worldwide. But the one thing we want to tell you in closing today is Jesus loves you, and He has a basket full of mercy and goodness and kindness that He wants to deliver to your house. Ellen, I I um, appreciate that we have had an opportunity to share with our listeners this roadmap to thanks living. This has been Love Talk on the Word. This is Juan Martinez letting you know that Love Talk has been brought to you by The Word 99.3 and 98.5 in Austin, as well as Love Talk's partnering sponsors, Ellison's Laser, Casa Mechanical Services, Hill Country Landscape, Ray Gardner Triad Ministries, First Baptist Church Pflugerville, and The Good News Journal.